Hello, thank you, and welcome to the Good News Unspoken podcast. We are here uh, with Fred uh, Casillas and uh, Deacon Tom. It's a pleasure to have the both of you guys here. But before we get started, before we get anything uh, going, we're going to start with an opening prayer. Uh, Fred, you want to lead us in that opening prayer, please? Thank you, Alex. All right. Here we go. Uh, We're going to say our opening prayer to the Holy Spirit. And we're going to start with the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, by the light of the Holy Spirit, you have taught the hearts of your faithful in the same spirit. Help us to know what is truly right, and always rejoice in your consolation. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Holy Spirit, amen. Well, as we uh, get started with our podcast, as many of you know, this is a local parish podcast uh, for the parishioners, uh, done by parishioners just like yourself. Uh, so we're definitely hoping to have some more parishioners on uh, the podcast with us, right, Fred? So, we're working on it. We're going to get, we're right? working on it. We're working on that. Uh, but today we have an uh, honorable guest with us today. We have Deacon Tom. Uh, many of you know him uh, within the, uh, the, there at the parish. You see him up and about doing his thing, uh, doing the masses and being very involved with the parish life. Uh, Deacon, how are you doing today? I am fine, thank you. Good awesome. to see you, Deacon. Welcome, Deacon yeah. Tom. And we just had his anniversary, this 10-year anniversary for Deacon, didn't yeah. we Yeah, how many years, Tom? 10 years. 10 wonderful well, well, years. 10 years ordained, that is correct. 10 years ordained, fantastic. How many years wonderful. been married? Oh, boy. Oh, ask. no, did I put you oh, on the spot? Well, yes, I am yes. so sorry, Deacon. No, uh, 35. <laughs> so cold, no, she's not listening. I know. Yeah, she's not listening. Uh, it'll, it'll be 35 in October. 35. That's okay. Yeah, my, I can put on that situation. Congratulations. Yeah, yes, congratulations. Sir. Yes, exactly. So now, um, well, we know that this podcast has been these past couple of uh, two episodes. We had Luis just pass uh, last week uh, on uh, the Eucharist, Eucharistic Revival. Uh, we have different parishioners giving their um, how the Eucharistic life takes effect. Uh, T- makes an impact in their uh, regular, not just private life, but also in their uh, public life as well. So um, we know we're going to be touching a little bit on that, but if anything, more sh- more, more than anything, we want to kind of get uh, some input from you, um, Deacon Tom, on the Eucharistic revival, um, on what it means for you. Um, and have you, uh, I'm, a, I'm assuming that you've been keeping up with some of the things that the, the church has been uh, cranking out in regards to the Eucharistic revival. Um, and, and so with that, <laughs> with that being said, um, if anything, like I said, if what kind of impact has it made on your life as far as the Eucharistic revival? I mean, just kind of the Eucharist, celebrating the Eucharist. I mean, you do it every every Sunday, uh, funeral masses, uh, uh, daily mass. What's the impact of the Eucharist in your life? Well, that's a very loaded question. Here we go. So the question is, what does a Eucharist mean to me? Correct. Right? It's mm-hmm. God's love. Bingo. That's what it is. We are all sinners. We don't deserve anything we have but god is infinite in his mercy and his love for each and every one of us and he allows us to share his divinity he allows us to share you know heaven he allows us to share himself and he does that in the form of the eucharist jesus said at the last supper this is my body he said this is my blood we as catholics we take him for his word it's not a symbol. I mean, the host is not a symbol of his body. The wine is not a symbol of his blood. Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood. So it's him and we're allowed to partake of him. And uh, I try to make mass every day. Sometimes I can, but sometimes, you know, um, scheduling conflicts. But mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, for me, if I go more than like like two days without the Eucharist, mm. it's like, hey, you know, I, I feel something's missing. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's just part of it. I, I could go on, but mm-hmm. uh, the, the Eucharist also brings uh, peace into my life too, because, and the Eucharist will bring, pre, will bring peace into anyone's life because, you know, God knows our condition in life. He yeah. knows we're sinners. He knows we're a broken human beings. We may think that uh, we might have, let's say, a powerful position at work, or we might be, you know, the president of a company, or mm-hmm. you know, the director of this, the director of that. 
Well, it's all by God's graces. It's mm-hmm. it's all you know what what He allows us to do. Don't ever think for a minute that we cannot exist without God, because we are you know we are His existence. Okay, we owe our existence to Him, each and every one of us, and not only us, but pe- people in the past and the people in the future. Uh, not only are we living for ourselves, but we're we're also living for the future. What what do I mean? What do I mean by that? Okay, you're, you're getting me going now. <laughs> good, go, uh, go. That's good. Go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> you, you know, this is the terrible thing about abortion. Mm-hmm. Okay, not only are you killing a baby, but you're also killing that baby's. Uh, future generations mm. no mm. telling how many countless lives down the stream people are only thinking about the you know the baby that is losing their life you know at that moment now people are going to start screaming well the mother has rights well y- yes she does and what we should do is be very compassionate towards people that have already had abortions there's healing available Absolutely. Uh, we should also try to you know instruct our kids hey you know wait you know and maybe until you're married or older you know to start having marital relations because Mm -hmm. uh you know kids you know do pop up Mm -hmm. and yes a a a child a baby should never be thought of as should never be thought of as an inconvenience Mm -hmm. but uh a baby is a gift from god okay Mm -hmm. it's it's a life made in the image of god so we should help mothers, uh, especially mothers in crisis pregnancies, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, what does all this have to do with the Eucharist? Well, remember, you know, God brought us into existence, okay? I've mentioned this many times before as I'm preaching. Some of y'all maybe have heard this, maybe some of y'all haven't, but, you know, Alex, why are you here? Mm-hmm. And I'm not asking you why are you here at this podcast, but why did God put you in South Texas in a year we call 2023? Mm-hmm. You know, how yeah. come you're not in Argentina 40 mm-hmm. years ago, or how come you're not in you know Australia 800 years from now? Correct. You're here. Yeah. You have your kids. Fred, same thing. Evelyn, hello. Same <laughs> thing. Okay. Hi. Uh, okay. Okay. God has us here for a reason. Okay, and He gives us the strength we need. We can't, there's no way in the world we can do this all on our own. A lot of people are very prideful and they think, hey, I can do this, I can do that. Well, you can do this or that because God's given you the strength, but but you're just an aneurysm away or you're just a fall away or you're just a car crash away, you know, from either dying or from being in a terrible physical shape for a couple of years. So we owe God everything. We owe Jesus everything. And it's uh, it's sometimes it's things we don't want to think about, and I'm not trying to be morbid in any sense or fashion, but we have to be humble. We have to realize that everything we have is a gift from God, and we should always be giving Him thanks and praise for it. Amen. And I think that's something that uh, um, many of us do take for granted. I think we take for granted that. God does have us in a time and place that is currently now. Uh, I think many of us do ask that question. Um, I think that's a common question that people have. Why am I here in this time at this particular point? Um, why can or even some some case scenarios, why can I be born into a different family? Why do I have to be born into a family that has these issues or these problems, right? Well, right, because, well, the thing about it is, uh, as the old saying goes, the grass is not always greener on the other side. <laughs> People may think, hey, you know, I wish I was born into that family. Well, that family is just as messed up as yours. Yeah, absolutely. And, okay, maybe I shouldn't have said that, okay? <laughs> but maybe the, the way I should have said it is, hey, that family has just as many issues uh-huh. as, you know, your family does. Yeah. Uh, I, The only perfect family that there ever was mm-hmm. was the Holy Family, Holy family Jesus, yeah. Mary, and Joseph. Yeah. You know? Uh, other than that, we're all basically in the same shape. Yeah. Maybe you know some are uh, have have a bit more harrowing experiences, you know, than others. But uh, all families need help in prayer. Yeah, and I, and I think I think when we look at families too as a whole, right? We look at circumstantial 
situations. I think we look at um, how uh, maybe a family's uh, um, income bracket is different than another family's income bracket. And mm-hmm. I think we live in a society that compares each other to a level uh, to what societal norms is considered normal, right? So you look at income, you look at money, you look at, oh, look at their family, they have this, they have that. And I think there's a lot of compare and contrast, but we don't realize that it's not sometimes those outward materialistic things that really matter it's what is what is what is our journey and what is our walk and how are we trying to journey into getting into heaven and and i think that's where most of the families in some different areas um they all they all have different levels of where they're at in their journey and their walk with in, in their faith right alex everything you said is 100 percent true mm-hmm. but the sad thing is uh you're uh I'm not saying you're missing a point, but mm-hmm. uh, but but a point was missed. Mm-hmm. You're also assuming that a child is being raised in a family. Mm-hmm. That's true. Very good point. Uh, Very I good mean, point. I think the three of us here, well, the four of us here, mm-hmm. uh, for us, a family is a mother, father, and kids, yeah. all in one household or apartment yeah. or, or, or or living. Mm-hmm. But that's maybe that's going by the wayside very Correct. very fast. Yeah, and there's a lot of single parent families and it's hard for them mm-hmm. because uh, it's hard for them economically. Yeah. It's hard for them to be able to raise a kid. So Correct. they're living with, you know, extended family mm-hmm. or extended boyfriends or girlfriends or Correct. whatever. Correct. And the kids do suffer. A kid has a right to a mother and a father. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, I know there are all sorts of circumstances where uh, the mother or father may not be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may be, you know, maybe their job takes them out of town or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But I also know of some cases where the mother or father is in prison and they're Correct. locked up 10, yeah. 15, 20 years. Yeah. Um, I also know of cases where, you know, you know, the mother or father, normally it's a father, just abandons it yeah. and, and takes off. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, situations like that are very very hard on the remaining parent and that that exacerbates the you know the situation where you mentioned where you know people compare each other's family you know uh, economically well heck there are some kids who wish they had a mommy and a daddy correct you know so yeah um, we have to pray for them we have to help them as best as we can uh, offer guidance you know uh, I mean there, there's a whole gamut of people out there, <clears throat> and I and I think um, and that you make a very good point because I, I think so too often we 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 look at we're trying to find solutions for, I think for 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 people right whether it's mm-hmm. people in broken families whether it's people that do come from well uh, formed and bonded families whether it's blended families whatever the circumstantial. Uh, situation might be but I think the uh, the element that misses uh, in a lot of the families in today's in today's world is there's no central focus on God in the family household and it's very hard for a kid that does come from a broken home right or that does come where they don't have a father or mother to focus and say oh I love God when in everything in their life they've 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 experienced struggle turmoil and tribulation in their own in their own walk right what, uh, what i've heard and, and read up on is that this past COVID situation you had a lot of a lot of kids that mm-hmm. were out of school uh that were forced to do things that were out of out of the ordinary uh-huh. and they suffered from that their education suffered yeah their societal uh, experiences suffered yeah and a lot of people stayed away from uh, from from church, from the Eucharist. Yeah. And there was that period, I think, right before Easter, when they locked, they closed down the churches, mm-hmm. and that that took a big toll on it me did. and Evelyn. I, I really missed that. It, it hurt. I felt uh, a sense of frustration and loss. Mm-hmm. And and I and I think we could extend that to some of the uh, the families that had children mm-hmm. that were close to God, and and they missed that that the, the the presence of the of our of god in their life yeah and uh, you know uh, evelyn and i teach uh, and you do too alex yeah. ccd yeah and and i tell the kids you're going to have you're going to have challenges and yeah. some of them are going to be huge and i think that if you bring god into that uh into that uh, the term you like alex that circle of life yeah 
uh, put God in there, the it's going to yeah. be a little bit a uh, little bit easier because there is depression. Yeah. Uh, even amongst adults, you know, a, a lot of depressed adults. Yeah. And as I understand it, a lot of the teens and younger yeah. kids are have are suffering from depression. And one of the things I read on the Eucharistic Revival, the site that you sent me, was that the best answer to the culture of death is the Eucharist. Because the Eucharist is the divine life of Jesus Christ. It is truly the body, the embodiment. It is truly Jesus Christ himself. It's a healing sacrament um, within itself. And um, I know they talk about processions, right? To do processions, whether it's out in the street and the public, or to bring Jesus to the community in a way that has never been done. I mean, that has been done before within our church, but more to a point to where people can see that there's still faith, there's still hope, and there's still love um, in our in our society in, in a very hard turmoil in a very hard and, and difficult time. Um, and like what Deacon said in regards to the whole family and the the blending of families and the uh, the some some kids not growing up with uh, with a mom or a father. Uh, one of the things that I've had uh, I've had a great opportunity uh, in working um, in the um, and the Southside community is my mom ran a youth group for the Southside community for for quite some time, and we experienced a lot of the broken families and the broken households where some parents some didn't have the father, some didn't have the mother, some were raised by a grandma um, or an aunt, um, and the the answer was always in turn was Christ, you know. But uh, what was missing in the group, to be honest with you, was the focusing and redirecting him to the Eucharist as mm-hmm. a whole. The the true, uh, the, the divine, the access to divine life, right? The, the what, may, what, uh, what keeps us going and moving forward. Uh, um, I know in our parish, uh, thank God for grandparents because I see a lot of kids yeah. that are mm-hmm. brought yeah. to yes. Mass, to Christ, by the, by the grandparents, mm-hmm. man. What a blessing. And, and uh, I want to just get them and, and, and and kiss their hands and hug them and says, God, you know, you're doing such a good thing to bring these grandchildren here yeah. to God. And, and if it wasn't for them, it wouldn't happen because uh, a lot of the uh, uh, the parents are just disinterested. And yeah. abuelita and abuelo, they put them in their cars and they come to church <laughs> and thank God for that. They're there. And, and the thing that I told the, uh, and one uh, before our CCD uh, year ended this year, the one thing that I told the kids, I told them, I go, if uh, if there's anything your parents or your grandparents can give you, it's not money, it's not a financial inheritance, it's your it's the passing of the of the tradition of your faith. That is the most beautiful thing that you can ever have. Right on, yeah. Because when you have that, there's so much richness in it. You don't realize how rich you really are until that's handed to you. And it might not. And I tell the kids, it might not seem like a lot, but believe it or not, it's going to make a world of difference as you continue to really dig into your faith. Um, and um, I mean, a great example is, I mean, Deacon Tom, I mean, you just you just became a deacon just because uh, you just found it attractive or what that did have to do with the richness of faith or how, I mean, becoming a deacon is, we know it's a calling, but there has to be something more than just. What's your story, Tom? I yeah, what, what, what's the, what's, what's the story that behind too. that? That's terrific. Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> what makes about, a man become a deacon? Yeah, I know, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> I guess being broken. I, I don't know. There you go. <laughs> yeah, cool. That's all of us thinking. I uh, <laughs> I started thinking about it maybe about 1992, 93. Not much. Okay. Nah. I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I was about 33, 32, 33 at the time. Okay. And I thought, nah, nah, <laughs> not for me, not for me. And uh, I went off and I got a uh, MBA of all things. Hmm. Okay. And I remember this was uh, in May of 88 is when I graduated. I had an MBA. And I used to work just south of downtown. And during lunch, I would go to uh, San Fernando. Not hmm. for daily mass. I would just go look at the various saints and... In back of uh, San Fernando was San Martin de Porres. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I would always, you know, ask him to pray with me, real quick. Remember, we don't pray to the saints; we pray Pray. with the saints. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And uh, you know, I I asked him, you know, help me figure out what I want to do with my life. Okay. Now, what? Remember, I just earned my MBA, so do I want to try to? maybe move up in my company. I think I'd be a vice president somewhere. 
or do I start my own business or what? What do you want me to do, God? And I remember, that's the back of San Fernando Church. Yeah. I walked right across the street to the appalling bookstore. Oh, yeah. The, the building's still there, okay? Yeah, the building. I don't but, think the store's open anymore, but oh, yeah. Oh, no, it's not. Okay? Yeah. But uh, I walked inside, and this nun said <laughs> to me, Always a sister. Are you a priest? No. <laughs> Do you want to be one? No. Well, no, 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 no. She said, Are you a deacon? No. Well, you ought to become one. Wow. <laughs> now, and I said to myself, Lord, this ain't happening. This is, oh, this is not real. This is not real, okay? Well, anyway, I later found out her name was Sister B. As, she's, as a matter of fact, she's still alive. Yeah. She's probably in her 80s. She's with Appalling Sisters over in Miami. Wow. But uh, the reason I know about her so much is because about a week or two later, I went back and I timed myself, you know? And... <laughs> I mean, I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? And I, and within about under 100 seconds, a nun was telling me, you ought to become you a deacon. deacon. Oh, uh, man. I said, Lord, this is not what I had in mind. <laughs> <laughs> now, this was 1988. Wow. So I spoke to Father uh, Stewart. Julian about this, uh -huh. okay? Yeah. And he said, boy, if that's not a sign, I don't know what is. <laughs> but... I uh, got the application for the diaconate, and one of the first questions it asks you is, how are you involved in church ministry? And at that time, I, I wasn't involved in anything. <laughs> so uh, Father Stewart suggested, try teaching a CCD class for two or three years. Okay. So <laughs> the first year I had uh, first-year confirmation students, the second year I had, uh, well, the second and third year I, I, I had the uh, the second year confirmation students and yeah I, I kind of like this so uh, I filled out my application work this was around 2002-2003 mm. then uh, I was accepted into the program mm -hmm. but the program at that time I shouldn't say it wasn't a full time program it's just that classes didn't form every year mm. so uh, they accepted about 30 or 40 men, and uh, some of them started in 2000. Well, uh, some of them started two years before I did. Okay. Uh, I was ordained in 2013, so class started, what, 2008, 2007, today. Mm -hmm. But uh, with my class, we were supposed to start the next year. We didn't start because uh, the uh, director retired, so mm -hmm. they had to find someone else. So he, uh, I had to wait two years before. Our class started. You right? are. Thank God. Yes. That's amazing. Uh, I want to share something with, uh, I, I shared it with the uh, Deacon Tom and Alex earlier, but I want to share share this with our audience out there. Fantastic. In podcast land. This comes from our <laughs> Sunday Visitor newspaper, and it has in big red numbers and across 13,695. Okay, what does that mean? Here's the, uh, the text under it. That number is, again, 13,695. It reads, the number of active permanent deacons in the United States. This is the smallest number since 2011. A new survey stated that while the number of deacons is slowly declining, it remains relative, relatively stable. So again, I want to say if these numbers are accurate, I, I, I'm just shocked at that, but uh, Deacon Tom, God bless you, and thank you for doing yeah. what you're doing because, God bless you for that. man, there's not that many deacons out <clears throat> Absolutely. there. I, I'm just shocked at this number. <clears throat> Absolutely, wow. and I think it's something that, um, um, I, well, I think a vocation calling, whether it's the priesthood or the sisterhood or even a diaconate, it's obviously not something that a, a lot of young people are attracted to. I mean, and I think that that is just something just because... Um, there's a lot. There's not a lot of emphasis on the on the vocational part, especially for the priest portion. Priest uh, becoming a priest. I know Deacon. We we're talking a bit off off the podcast about that. Uh, that the church also needs more priests. We're that's something that the that we really need to 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 work work on. I mean, um, what are some ways that parents or or individuals that could um, possibly guide and not push or force because you don't want to force someone to be like you need to become a priest or a sister but a way to guide uh, to guide someone who's young 
um, to possibly consider the vocational life? What are some uh, some some suggestions uh, that you would you would you you could recommend to uh, viewers to the, to the listeners? Okay. Well, remember the parents are the first teachers. Mm-hmm. They're the primary they're their primary examples mm-hmm. to their kids. So, as the old saying goes, "Monkey see, monkey do." <laughs> if the parents are re- leading, you know, holy lives. If they're living the way, it, if they're living out the life of Christ as best as they can in their lives, mm-hmm. the kids are going to pick up on that and they're going to see that. Yeah. Uh, that's why, you know, sometimes when I see bickering among family members, you have to ask yourself, you know, why is that bickering there? Mm-hmm. What the heck are they fighting over? Yeah. Uh, you see it at funerals. Yeah. Uh, someone mm-hmm. uh, passes away and, or, even before funerals you know so you know Walito Walito or or mom or dad passes away Mm -hmm. and the first thing the kids are doing is that they're fighting over the dishes Mm -hmm. they're they're fighting over the ornaments they're fighting over uh, you know who gets a kitchen table who gets a coffee table who gets Mm -hmm. this or that yeah Yeah. and it's like hey you know you should be praying you know for the deceased because Our prayers help them on their journey to heaven. That's another podcast. Oh, okay? yeah. We, yeah. We should, we should oh, talk, we should talk on that later. Yes, yeah. okay. But, but uh, why are you fighting? Why are you bickering? Because that fighting and that bickering, the kids see that and they think it's normal behavior. Mm-hmm. It's not. Okay? And as the kids grow up, if they saw their parents fighting and bickering, they're going to do the same thing, too. Yeah. I'm going to kind of switch gears here a little bit. I know we talked about how we love our children and that mm-hmm. we are proud of our, our, our kids and then how the Blessed Mother as well too uh, plays a, an important part of us getting us to, to Jesus and mm-hmm. getting our prayers answered. Um, at the same token that we, um, as a parent, is proud of their kids, we know that kids have a tendency of doing things that are fallible or wrong and... Mm-hmm. and um, and as parents, we have things that we do that uh, either whether it's grounding them or dis- taking disciplinary action to discipline our children. So, with that being said, we're talking have been talking regards to the Eucharist and the Euchar- Eucharistic uh, celebration. When we're talking about receiving communion, right? Mm-hmm. And if I am an individual that is the in a sense where I am not in God's grace, meaning that I'm I'm in mortal sin of some oh, sort, okay. I and I am. And I am the the child, right? Mm-hmm. That has uh, done wrong. Um, what do I, as a child of God, need to do to be able to uh, to partake in the the Eucharist Eucharistic celebration? Am I allowed just to walk up and receive communion just because it's considered the sacrament of healing as well, too? Or are there is there something that I need to do? What is it that I need to do as an individual that is in in a state of mortal sin or grave sin? A uh, person should go to confession, sacramental okay. confession. Uh, I, I say sacramental confession because some people will think that, uh, and it's true, the uh, confeditor, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that mm-hmm. will take care of your venial sins. Okay. But mortal sins, grave sins, and uh, again, that's another yeah. uh, podcast. Yeah. Or 10, you know, yeah. because you can easily do one for each. One for each, yeah, absolutely. But uh, uh, if a person is in state of mortal sin, they need to receive sacramental confession. The Eucharistic minister does not say the body of Christ, but have you been to confession? No. No. They're going to administer it to each person that comes up, okay? Mm-hmm. So now the thing is, are you defaming God? Are you, by receiving God in a state of mortal sin, uh, you know, St. Paul says that, you know, that's not good at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other part of it too is that people may not realize they're in mortal sin. It has to do with catechesis. Okay. There's a commandment: do not commit adultery. Okay. Well, what is adultery? Yeah. Well, most people think, well, I'm married and I'm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having relations with another wife. Yeah. Or, or I'm sorry, with, with another, another woman. woman. Yeah. Or a woman with another man. Mm-hmm. But yes, that is adultery. But it's even possible. Well, it, 
it's it's actually sex outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. So if a single person's having you know relations with another single person, that's a mortal sin. Okay. Yeah. Now, is ninety percent of the world doing it? Yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, as Mother Mary has said at Fatima, people are falling into hell like snowflakes. Yeah. You know, o- over that one commandment alone. Yeah. Now, God's the ultimate judge. Mm-hmm. He, he will, I, I, I don't know the term is allow, but he takes into account whether a person realizes if they're in grave sin or not. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to take that chance. We want to live, you know, as holy of a life as we can. And when we make mistakes, to go to confession. Mm-hmm. And the sacrament of reconciliation, the sacrament of confession, it's very misunderstood. Mm-hmm. It's a loving sacrament. It's a healing sacrament. Everyone should be going at least once a month, if not, mm-hmm. you know, twice a month. Yeah. Why? Because, I mean, we sin that often. People will say, I don't have to go to confession. I don't sin. Well, <laughs> we all do. We all do. And What are you talking about? Wow. When, when you think about, you know, how easy it is. I've never said that. <laughs> Fred says that all the know, time. When, when you think about how easy it is to break a commandment, or yeah. sometimes two or three yeah. at once, yeah. uh, man, we're all sinners. And, yeah. and, and we all need God's help. Uh, and it's a loving sacrament. The priest is not going to yell at you. He's mm-hmm. not going to, uh, you know, think think you're a bad person. Most priests will tell you too that once the confession's over, you know, God gives them the grace where they can't remember what people told them anyway. Mm-hmm. And even if they did, you know, uh, uh, they're under the penalty of excommunication. Mm-hmm. If they ever reveal anything, you know, I mean, they're excommunicated automatically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there, there have been priests who have gone to their death. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because they won't reveal what uh, mm-hmm. the, they heard in confession. So yeah. we had nothing to worry about. Uh, it's the evil ones who are, you know, maybe it's the evil ones who have already lost, you mm-hmm. know, the opportunity for heaven. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are putting into the minds and hearts of people that uh, you're worthless, that you're no good, mm-hmm. that father's going to think that you're a terrible person yeah. by going. And so so people don't go, but no, no, no. The devil puts lies in our heads yeah. and we start yes. to believe uh, yeah. the demons. He likes, yes. yeah. you know, he yes. loves he loves for us not to go to confession. Oh, e- even more than that, a lot of people will think, well, there's no such thing as a devil. That's from the evil oh. one himself too. That's mm-hmm. what the devil wants the most for people to believe that he don't exist. Right. Mm-hmm. So then people will lead wanton lives. Yep. They'll, they'll lead lives devoid of Christ. And at the last moment, they're asking for help. And, you know, Jesus Jesus is a loving God. He's there to the last moment. Yeah. But sometimes people, you know, don't ask for help because they, they never had a dialogue with God. They never spoke to God. Mm-hmm. So they don't know what to do, you know. Uh, earlier you were talking about kids mm-hmm. and how to get them to go to church. Well, a lot of it has to do with teaching them with, with catechesis because mm-hmm. uh, right now, uh, this is a podcast, but y'all can't see what I'm doing, but I'm holding up my my uh, cell phone. Mm-hmm. For a lot of kids, their God is the iPhone, the mm-hmm. cell phone. Well, mm-hmm. that's true. Absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. 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 You know, and what they see on it it must be true yeah and which is the furthest thing from the truth yeah right. uh how about uh, easy access to pornography yeah that's a oh, big issue yeah. for uh, many people pornography yeah. is just rampant i understand not only that but supposedly take youtube okay mm-hmm. that's supposed to be a, a fairly safe site Correct. because there's supposed to be no pornography on it yeah well there may be no pornography but there sure are a heck of a lot of suggested suggestive videos on yeah. it. Yeah, correct, you know? absolutely. And uh, 12, 13 year old, 14 year old kids uh, seeing that, mm-hmm. they're going to get the wrong idea yeah. of what's normal, acceptable behavior. Yeah. I was list- I was listening to a podcast last week, and uh, uh, this lady, her son, told her that he started with pornography when he was nine years old. Wow, nine yeah. years old. Mm-hmm. And it was just he was, uh, you know, cruising through his uh, cell phone, and he came on a site, and and mm-hmm. he got addicted to it, and he got his sister 
addicted to it. Mm-hmm. So the family, the siblings were addicted to pornography yeah. from a very, very, very young age. Yeah. And that's just that's such a shame. And, and, and that, unfortunately, is something that happens quite uh, quite frequently amongst the younger, younger age. And the one thing that um, recent studies have also showed is that... Um, minors or young people are not engaging in like the actual relationship of like as far as you're talking about sexual intimacy does not happen between individuals at a young age anymore because pornography actually has risen so more people are actually more kids are turning to their cell phones and not even wanting to get into relationships with like a girl or a boy or even a step beyond that social interaction among kids in in general Mm -hmm. Let's look at our society. Mm. You don't see kids playing out in the street anymore. No. You no way, no. No way. No. I mean, I grew up, you know, playing, you know, whatever out on the street, you know, and hopefully there were no cars coming. We were yeah. always watching out for cars. Yeah. But, you know, kids, we were out flying kites. We were out, you yeah. know, playing cowboys and Indians. Right. So Throwing rocks at each so, other. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> normal kid stuff, yeah. you know, back then. Uh, falling off bikes. Yeah, I broke a lot of pair of glasses. Though. <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, kids aren't doing that. Yeah, the, the, there's not the social interaction. Yeah, and that's why getting back to the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. That's why the Eucharist is important to the kids because uh, God gives us the strength to make it through our challenges throughout the day. Now I know that it's easy enough saying this, and it's easy enough trying to. You know, you, you, to stand at the pulpit saying, we need a Eucharistic revival, we need to receive Christ more. But getting people to do it, that's the that's, that's a challenge. A challenge. Yeah. And, the, and the number th- that they came out on the Pew, the Pew Research was 70% of people did not realize that that was the, the body, body and blood. And blood body. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. phenomenal, man. That's just well, phenomenal. It, it, it gets back to catechesis. Yeah. And it can't all be done from the pulpit because... If we tried, each mass would have to be two, three hours long, <laughs> and people don't want that. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're yelling, at, "Hey, man, it's already over. We're already at an hour and five minutes." Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, that's killer. <laughs> Nobody can stand that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of here, right? Yeah, okay. I gotta go eat. So, so, so a lot of the catechism uh, has to be done either through CCD classes, but again, that's for the small percentage of the kids who go. A lot of kids, their parents don't send them to CCD classes. Yeah, that's right. And I'll tell you where we see it. We see it when a girl is like about 14 or 15 and she wants a quinceanera. Yeah. Well, part of the requirements are, you know, the church bulletin says mm-hmm. you have to be uh, contact the parish six months. Mm-hmm. It should actually be two years because mm-hmm. to have a quinceanera, mm-hmm. you have to uh, be confirmed or yeah. at least in the process of being confirmed. Yeah. Well, if you're in a public school, that's two years. Yeah. So yeah. you actually got to start preparing when 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 the girl's thirteen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and they want the quinceaneras, but they can't have one. Yeah. And and it's sad because it's quinceaneras uh, from a religious standpoint are are, are very nice. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the parents are giving thanks to God. I've even done some quinceaneros, mm-hmm. to, you know, for guys. Yeah, wasn't it originally intended for the males? Uh, I, did I hear that somewhere? I don't know what the I I know that growing up that I would have a lot of friends that would have quinceaneros but I'm not sure if that was like a regular normal thing I was I knew that my I knew that quinceaneras was more of a like well traditional uh, thing a quinceanero uh one I did uh the uh gentleman was a twin Mm -hmm. you know so his sister sat up in front he sat in the pews but at the time of the final blessing you know I, I I gave him both the uh blessing Uh and in another case the parents were a little, you know, the mom told me they were a little wary of how their son was growing up, and they wanted just a, a nice blessing for him. Mm. And, man, the, the uh, I saw the family probably about, what, two months ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, this quinceanero was probably about eight years ago now. Oh, wow. And, uh, man, the guy's doing real good. That's Praise God for that. What is a, what is that thing, a quinceanero for anyway? What does it signify? You're giving thanks to God uh-huh. that the girl or the guy has made it to adulthood. Oh, okay, like okay. a rite of passage, I guess. Yes. Would that yeah. be it? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, okay, that's what it's supposed to be. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of girls. Hey, it's my party. I want a big limo. Yeah. You know, I, you know, <laughs> well, I've uh, seen or, that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
And sometimes, oh boy, this is another topic too, but yeah. Yeah, people can really go overboard. Yeah, they can. With the, on, on a quinceanero or on a wedding. Yeah. They'll use the excuse, mm-hmm. I can't afford to get married because it costs too much. No, it don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The church asks for a $150 donation mm-hmm. to cover for the electricity and the lights, and if they don't have it, the priest is still going to perform yep. the ceremony anyway because yeah. we're... You're not allowed to charge for a sacrament. sacrament. It's called simony, okay? Correct. The church is zero for a sacrament. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What costs is not the wedding itself, it's the party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah. afterwards. The yeah. party. Yeah. And then, uh, like I said, in most case scenarios, we, we have these celebrations in our church that we do, right? Or we have the quinceanera, we have quinceaneros, we have weddings. And uh, and then we have the Eucharistic celebration, right? So that's a whole different that's celebration. That's the big celebration. That, that's the like the, well, that's yeah. the basis of what it we... It should be because, think about it, during the Eucharistic prayer, mm-hmm. when Father puts his hands over the gifts, heaven yeah. and earth are meeting there yes. at the altar. Yes, sir, they are. We can't see what's going on. No. Probably because if we could, we would we we would die of fright, you know, <laughs> and shock of, and fright, of, yeah. Of, but fright of the beauty of yeah. what's actually yeah. a, a transpiring. Okay? Yeah. But uh, I mean, heaven and earth are there. I mean, that should be. I mean, the churches should be absolutely jam packed. Yeah, they should. But people don't realize what's going on. Again, it's um for those who are in radio land or podcast mm-hmm. land i'm holding up my phone again yeah. people believe what they you know see on the phone mm-hmm. or we should say the internet phone you yeah. know 10 yeah. years ago yeah but now the internet's on your phone um, it's on everything's on your phone and um <clears throat> and i guess I, one of the things i guess you kind of answered that question was the dissip- uh, the dissipation of people uh not leaving the church but the leaving uh leaving kind of their view of that the Eucharist is that the Eucharist is real. That many don't believe that the Eucharist is truly the body and presence of Jesus Himself. Uh, uh, yeah, and I think that was the reason. One, well, the big reason for the revival was of, of that fact, and to try to teach people mm-hmm. that that it's the real. The, that is the, the you know the body of and blood of Christ up there. Yeah, and it's for us, you know, with a clean soul to be able to take it. Yeah, and you know, like Deacon was alluding to, them, that's tremendous it's god yeah that's god and and the reason why you have a wedding and the reason why you have is not just for your sacrament of of uh the marriage itself but the you're, you're bringing christ into the center into of that the, right into the, the union, yeah. you're bringing christ into the center of of your uh your the next part of your uh journey into the young adult years right or quinceanero um and and bringing christ the divinity of Jesus Christ, the divine life of Christ into our own. Um, let me rephrase that actually us stepping into him, into his life. Um, I think that's the biggest thing, but that we do invite him to be a part of ours as well too. And you know, that's, that's another podcast, uh, yeah. the, the Eucharistic renewal within a husband and wife. Yeah. Uh, uh, Evelyn played a huge part in my Eucharistic renewal yeah. in our family. Yeah. Uh, you know, she led the way, opened the door, and uh, luckily enough, I had enough sense to step into it. And yeah. and we work together. Our Eucharistic renewal works here within our relationship and our marriage, and that, that keeps us strong. And, uh, and, and It means a lot. And I think many of us are kind of scared to step into this divine life with Jesus because the first thing we think about is like, well, I'm not worthy. Why would I want to step into something that is extremely holy, extremely heavenly? Um uh, I think it's because we get accustomed to our to our human nature ways or to human desires, right? Um, the the desire to want uh, a certain type of uh, whether it's a materialistic need or I can't do without this. Uh, imagine imagine the world going without AC one day, right? Just the AC just ceases to oh, exist. Don't even right? take me there, man. Yeah, I know. It, it's a luxury that we're accustomed yeah. to, right? Uh, it's the same thing the way I see like this divine life is it's more than a materialistic uh, physical need that we have the sense to be, to stay comfortable, right? In our homes, we have AC. But when we enter into divine life with Christ, it's a complete different take on things it's like you're leaving the world behind to enter into this really um holy union with jesus christ and it's something beautiful but i think for some it's scary because it's not something they're comfortable with they're right. not do- doing you get me it's like yeah. well, so you're saying that i have to leave my my judgmentalness and all these that my who i 
what protects me and keeps me uh, uh, and others at bay. Um, it could be a personality issue. It could be, well, this is who I am. This is what I am. This is who I formed over the years of my, my personality. Is the guy's not asking to change your entire personality, but what asking to change are the habits uh, that can lead us into that mortal sin, right? Habits that lead us into a way of, of being... Um, of, of, of not being Christ-like, right? That's and the whole that thing. That shines a light on what the deacon yeah. was referring to. That's the sacrament of reconciliation. Yes. Yeah. That gets you ready to receive the, the the body of Christ. Yeah. I mean, it's mandatory to come come in there with a clean soul. And I think it prepares you. Yeah, you know, it does. Me, uh, not only sacramentally, uh, but mentally. If you go in there with a clean soul and you're feeling yeah. right, uh, I mean, you it just the next step is consuming uh, the body and blood of Christ. And, I, and one thing I want to encourage anyone that's listening is to um, take up the sacrament of reconciliation because as as scary as it might seem for some of us, we know that change is not always something we look forward to, but transformation is something like what Deacon talked about is what happens on the altar. We that If we were physically able to see, I mean, we the, the body and blood of Christ truly is it's transformed to the body and blood of Christ. But he, if God gave you these goggles that you could see heaven and earth meet, imagine the awe you'd be in and just the, he's right. You kind of would be in shock and fright, not in a bad way, but you're just like, Oh wow, this is, this is real. So then where does my soul go? Right. You start to question yourself where, then where, where does my soul journey in this, from this point on? Now you have two choices you have to choose from when when you begin if God give imagine God giving you that uh, that beatific vision right the idea of face to face to God of being able to see him in such a in such a the understanding and knowledge of God it's crazy because as much as we study as much as we learn as much as Deacon I'm pretty sure reads um, day in and day out it's just like you can never fully completely understand God you also mentioned something very interesting too you mentioned the word soul mm-hmm. uh, and I always do this whenever I have a chance, whether it's a group of people, yeah. I'll ask them, do we live forever? <laughs> and m- most people will say no. No, yeah. And I'll say, that's an incorrect answer. <laughs> yeah. Then I'll mention, you yeah. know, while it's right. true, our physical body is going to pass away. Correct. One of these days we'll be on a hospital bed, then that little monitor is going to go beep, 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 boop, beep, boop. Mm-hmm. you know, and uh, what part of us goes on forever? Our soul. The soul. The soul, soul. Yeah. 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 And after our physical death, there's only two choices. Yeah. There's what's the place up? Heaven. Uh huh. Or there's. Oh, uh, hell. There's hell. <laughs> and it truly exists. Yes, now, it and is. how long is heaven for? I'm sorry, say it again. How long is heaven for? Eternal. Eternal. Forever. And is hell for two or three weeks? I've got how, 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 long, how long is hell for? <laughs> it's not a vacation. It's forever. <laughs> it's not it's two it's weeks. Yeah. <laughs> You're it's not there for two eternal. weeks. You're right. It's so yeah. where, where do you want to go? Yeah. Yeah. Not two weeks, yeah. To heaven, yeah. Right. Where do you want your kids to go? Yeah, heaven, to heaven, yeah. You so we gotta, you know, help them get there. And again, this goes back to teaching catechesis, yeah. uh, being good examples to our kids. Or if the parents are not around, as Fred mentioned, there's plenty of grandparents out there. Yeah, they're doing their best to raise their grandchildren yeah. too, because now I'm holding up my iPhone again. Okay, yeah. these phones are not raising our kids properly. Well, they shouldn't be raising the kids at all. At you know, all, no. you know, but yeah. but uh, yes, yeah, absolutely. They're good tools. They are. They're, they're good communication tools. You, you can talk instantly or text instantly. Uh, anyone around the world, mm-hmm. okay. But uh, you can study your Bible, your, uh, your catechism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, my liturgy of the hours. Uh, yeah. I'm supposed to be using the books, but I I use I've got two online apps. Yeah, they come. They come in handy. That comes yes. in useful for liturgy of the hours. How do you prepare deacon for for mass? Is there a certain ritual that you have? I to was mentioning this to uh, <laughs> Father Jean this past weekend. Uh-huh. Uh, there's no under the rite that we use right now. There's no prayers before mass, but I know that with the Latin mass, mass actually starts probably about five or ten minutes before because yeah. there's a whole series of prayers for yeah. the, for the priest to say uh-huh. as he puts on his vestments the deacons the altar yeah. servers they're all praying before mass starts yeah you know uh i 
I always try, if I can, to, to say a quick prayer before the cross. I know Father Eugene does it, and I, most priests will probably try to do that. But if there's some formal prayers out there, uh, I'm not aware of any. Oh, no. okay. I know the altar servers, we have them pray five minutes before Mass. Uh, what do they pray? Uh, <clears throat> they pray the altar service prayer. It's, uh-huh. just, it's just a simple paragraph prayer, but we do have them do. Oh, wonderful. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little prayer. altar service, we remember to do it. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, and, <laughs> and that's one of the things, like, like yeah. remember, pray. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always a, but it's, it's, it's a good little practice to put before for them to kind of initiate. So they kind of, it's a preparation get to. Them, get in but the, it, the mental. Uh, but like Deacon said, it's, Depending of how 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 they if they put it into action, but um but yeah with that being said um and Deacon I want to thank you for your time and thank you for coming onto the podcast I think thank it's you, Deacon. yeah thank I you mean for you have to now we, we got to have you on board for some other really heavy hitter topics he just gave us twenty five podcasts I know he's gonna to he's that. gonna help us do them all <laughs> <laughs> great and we gotta do them in Spanish too. yeah oh, we gotta yeah. do them in Spanish I was talking to Deacon that we definitely got oh yeah them. that's something I I learned how to do was to preach in Spanish I mean. Yeah, I thought you always you could do that. No, oh. golly, <laughs> <laughs> you're giving uh, him a lot of credit. I'm no, just uh, kidding. He, uh, he, he, uh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, my wife speaks Spanish. Uh, yeah. I speak yeah. with her mainly in Spanish, mm-hmm. but um, just getting up in front of people—that's that's yeah. That's, uh, uh, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, growing up, I used to. St- well, I still do. I stutter a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, so trying to get up there and trying to get the words to come out properly yeah and sometimes when i get stuck on a word okay what can i do to say the proper to get the proper theme across yeah mm-hmm. you know so yeah. uh uh i think you do a great job yeah you do an awesome uh, job you do a great job sure well yeah. we, we want to thank you for for coming holy on the holy spirit not me the yeah holy spirit. absolutely absolutely um i guess the friday if you want to go ahead uh end us off with a prayer and then we'll, we'll go ahead and close out the podcast okay in the name of the father the son the holy spirit amen Dear Jesus, we we thank you for being here with us today. As you have said, uh, where two or more gather to pray that you will be with us. I felt your presence, Jesus. Uh, Reap your blessings, heap your blessings onto uh, the deacons, uh, especially uh, Deacon Tom and and, uh, and our good friend Alex, and and on us and our families. Christ, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, Be with us and, and thank you for your love. Amen. 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 We want to thank all in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We want to thank all of you for listening, taking the time to listen to us. Um, again, this is uh, Good News Unspoken. For those of you who uh, know about the local parish podcast, please share it with friends. Um, anywhere you get your podcast, you can get it on any podcasting uh, app or application. So please don't hesitate to download it. And uh, I think Deacon wants to kind of lead us out with something here real quick. Yeah, remember go to confession if it's been (laughs) more than a month since you've been it's been too long okay and it's free (laughs) yes yeah it is free (laughs) and also too if it's if you if you can't remember how to go don't worry just go the priest will lead you through it amen Amen for that thank you deacons and we want to thank you guys again for listening keep us in your prayer and we hope to have uh, so some of you parishioners on the podcast soon as well too god bless you good night good evening good morning good afternoon wherever you're at may god continue to bless you god bless god bless